welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today's episode features the audio from our meetup on February 28th on the subject of monetizing your podcast. So you're going to hear my conversation with Stephen Schapansky of Radio Free Scaro, which is one of the most popular podcasts made in Edmonton, about what he and his co-hosts have learned about what works and what doesn't when it comes to generating revenue. This episode is brought to you by the Seen and Heard Podcast Network, a new project I'm working on to help local podcasts get more listeners and connect those listeners with local businesses. And you'll hear more about that later in the show. So let's head back in time to February 28th at Variant Edition Comics and Culture and hear what we learned about monetizing your podcast. And welcome to our fourth Edmonton podcasting meetup. So my name is Karen Unland and I host a podcast about local bloggers and podcasters called Seen and Heard in Edmonton. Today we're going to discuss monetizing your podcast. And I do. I feel like I need to put the caveat here. This is not get rich from your podcast. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Um, that's why you're drinking apple juice and two bit brownies there. Um, and it, it's, it, but it's just like, how, how do people get a little bit of money in order to keep going so that it's not, it doesn't cost you money to do it and hopefully could get you um, enough money that you could make it better and do it more often and everything like that. So that's, that's the idea behind the topic. So we're going to tackle that question in two parts. And part one is going to be a conversation with Stephen Schapansky of Radio Free Scarrow. Scarrow? Scarrow? Scarrow. Scarrow. You know, the Doctor Who fan. I yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we won't be. We won't be talking about anything. Regarding, Hardly yeah, any Doctor yeah. Who. We won't be quizzing yes. you or anything like that. It's all good. <laughs> Actually, no, more than you would think. Okay. I don't even know how to say Scarrow. Uh, we're going to talk to him about Patreon, leveraging a podcast into op- other opportunities, anything else that those guys have experimented with. And then we're, I'm going to talk a little bit about this idea that I've been working on called the Seen and Heard Podcast Network and uh, what that would look like and have you really ask me questions about it because I don't know what you want to know about this crazy idea that I have, which I will explain. Steven Stepanski is co-host Radio Free Scarrow, which bills itself as possibly the most popular, most prolific, and charmingly irreverent, but never irrelevant Doctor Who podcast around. Mostly irrelevant, actually. No, no, hugely. (laughs) These guys are a big deal. Uh, Steven and his Vancouver-dwelling friend Warren Fry started the podcast in August 2006, and then they were joined by Chris Burgess of Edmonton uh, the following year, and they have been the three who rule ever since um and they they well you can talk you'll we'll get into all of the benefits or the opportunities that that uh, podcast has brought to you yeah. uh steven also co-hosts lazy doctor who which uh he and where he and his wife erica uh watch every episode of doctor who and talk about it mm-hmm. so and there's a lot of those episodes holy cow <laughs> <laughs> And he and his friend Josh co-host The Memory Cheats, which is a review podcast featuring their immediate reactions to randomly selected Doctor Who stories. Yes. I also I also forgot to mention that I, I started a hockey podcast with my friend Rachel, who lives in Brooklyn, but she's a lifelong Flyers fan, oh. and I'm an Oilers fan, so oh. we thought we'd start a hockey podcast. Because perhaps after all those Doctor Who podcasts, I needed to vary myself yes. a little bit. So. What What's it called? Un- oh, I know, I do Kenya. Yeah. <laughs> Eric and I also edit in it, but it's called Hockey Feels is the one that I actually host. Okay. Yeah. 
And then Uncanny Magazine also has a podcast, yeah. which these guys do. So there you go. I don't know. I can't imagine that you have time to be talking to me right now when you should be recording a podcast right now. But thank you for doing mine instead of yours. <laughs> okay. So first of all, just what start? What um, attracted you to podcasting? Um, I, as you said, there, uh, Warren and I started it in 2006. We used to work at a TV station um, called Teletoon, actually, here in Edmonton. And we discovered, I think at a party at some point, that we both liked Doctor Who. And so on midnight shifts, we'd often just sort of blab back and forth about Doctor Who, quoting things, doing what nerds do. Yeah. And eventually he sort of said to me, we should start a podcast. This is like 2004, 2005 or something, and I didn't even know what a podcast yeah. was. Yeah. And so we started planning on doing it for about a year until we finally planned it for sure, put something down in writing in April of 2006, and still took us months to get off the ground, because, you know, those are the nascent days of podcasting, you understand, it's not like today. And then we just got a Skype connection going, got a couple of microphones, and started yabbing about Doctor Who um, for 30 minutes every single week, unsure if we were able to find the time. Didn't know how to... Uh, um, you know, promote ourselves or tell anyone that we existed. So the first couple years were pretty quiet yeah. on the listener feedback. In fact, the only person who we actually got feedback was Chris. So we brought him on the show a year <laughs> later. Um, thus, we had no more listeners because we are one listener was on the show. And then, uh, and then we went. I'm not going to give you the whole history because it's a long history. Right. But um, but that's how that's how it started. Right. And was there a point at which you could identify where you were well known, where where something kind of the, the switch flipped? I think when uh, we went to our first Doctor Who convention in Los Angeles, Gallifrey One, in February 2009. And we didn't. We assumed that no one would know who we were there. We were kind of right. There we we met a couple of people who knew who we were. Maybe saw us in iTunes searches or something like that. So we actually had little name tags made up. We thought it would be kind of silly yet helpful. And I think we met a bunch of people there, and people sort of took a liking to us and started listening to our show. We kept saying how wonderful this convention was because it was. And the next year, a whole bunch of people that listened, that were new listeners to the show, came to that convention. You know, we became friends. They started to, like, over the two or three years, mostly through word of mouth, I think our, our notoriety increased, mostly because of that convention. It was right. sort of like the epicenter of everything. Yeah, yeah. So how popular are you now? How popular? Um, in terms of what? Like downloads or... I'd like to know your downloads, and then if there's any other metric that you would measure yourselves by. I think we get, uh, well, recently, I think we passed our five millionth download a couple weeks ago. I think we get, it's, it's funny because it's kind of like um, sports talk shows. They're a lot less listenership in the off season, but when Doctor Who's on the air, People want to hear what we have to say yeah. about each new episode. But we're finding that a lot of people are, are sort of catching up as the week goes along. There's a lot of people who sort of like listen on that first day, and then and then it sort of tails off. But uh, I'd say we get between fifteen and 20,000 listeners, I think, or downloads per, per episode. Wow. Yeah. And it's odd that, you know, I look at the stats. 
like episodes from like four months ago have like hundreds of downloads like today and the thing right. you know like currently they'll find you thinking, for some reason yeah, yeah they'll find us or they just take a long time and catching up with us or something but yeah yeah Probably, do you see a surge when the series becomes available on a different platform? Like when Series 9 goes on to Netflix, then all of a sudden everybody wants to listen to what you had to say about it then? I've never actually noticed that. No. Um, maybe we'll notice it's not going to be on Netflix anymore, so no. maybe we'll actually find <laughs> out uh, if there's a dip uh, yeah. in the surge. No, I've actually actually never noticed if, uh, I think people, for the most part, seek out our podcast when it's it's airing or, you know. Because it's kind of current. We don't worry about spoilers. If it's aired, we talk about it. Yeah. You know. You're making the choice. Yeah. So you um, you mentioned that you don't really think you have much of a local audience at all. Where's, where do most of your audience live? I'd say about, if you had to put a pie chart, I'd say about half of them are in the U.S. And I'd say about a, qu- a quarter of them are in the U.K. And I'd say maybe... 10 to 15 percent are in Canada somewhere um and then it's elsewhere Australia New Zealand that sort of thing um I don't know has anybody in this room actually heard of us there you go oh well well, well, well you yeah, well, there, yeah only now. because I told you like last <laughs> month see eye of the hurricane you know <laughs> okay so um does anybody here know what Doctor Who is <laughs> okay there yeah three so yeah <laughs> Um, this is the world we're working in yes, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so what have you tried over the years? Because this isn't your day job, even with 15,000 to 20,000 yeah. mm-hmm. um, downloads per episode. So that's a bit of a reality check here as well. Um, what have you tried over the years to bring in money? We set up a shop, a merchandise shop, a few years ago now, actually. Um, and it... We it yielded what we thought was like whoa cool we got like sixty four bucks this last uh, this last financial quarter we can like there we go there's drinks for a night at Gallifrey One and that was pretty much the extent of it because you know you you create like a t shirt for like for sale for twenty bucks on like Spreadshirt or Zazzle or something like that and you'll get two three bucks commission on that there's only so many t shirts t shirts that people want to buy yeah. Um, so we found that that wasn't really doing much for us. It was just sort of, like I said, drinking money um, or maybe buying a microphone or something like that. So we had that going for a while. We still have it going. We don't really tell many people about it. Um, and then just in August of 2014 is when we started the Patreon thing, mostly because um, my wife Erica and her podcast, Verity, uh, her Doctor Who podcast, they were mulling it over right. for a while. And then I thought, you know, it, we're Canadian, so we're kind of humble. And <laughs> even though we'd been at it for like seven or eight years, we, we, we would have people coming up to us and saying, you should charge for this. You know, we would pay money to get to, to listen to this podcast, which is, which is nice. But there was, uh, there was another Doctor Who podcast that tried like a subscription-based <coughs> funding alternative um, a couple years before. And it wasn't seen as very popular because you basically had to pay five dollars a month to become this supporting subscriber and um you would get like special content only tailored for you and i think what people was and this is where doctor who fans uh distinguish themselves is that sometimes they would release numbered episodes 
only to the paid subscribers. So you could get episode 145 and 147, but you had to pay for 146, and so therefore it's out of, it's out of order. And so I think people got annoyed by that. Yeah. So we were <laughs> we were worried about doing that. We didn't want to be exclusionary to people who were you know having two sets of listeners, one who pay and one don't. So we were kind of hesitant. And then we just said, oh, let's just do it. Let's just see what happens and call everyone's bluff who said they would happily yeah. <laughs> pay for an episode. Uh, and, and, we, and so we launched it. And so right now your Patreon is, there's one tier. You haven't had, like, if you give us this much, you'll get this. How is it structured? Uh, Patreon is, it's kind of like a tip jar, I think. Uh, for those who are learning about Patreon, um, P-A-T-R-E-O-N is how it's spelled, by the way. Uh, I noticed all the, the newbies there writing it down. Nice work. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, it basically says, you know, pay what you want. Like I said, like a tip jar, like a busker or something <laughs> like that. And you could sort of set up little rewards if you want. It's not required. We only wanted to sort of have like little goals, like $80 an episode. We do an extra episode with this, $100, so forth. So, yeah, we didn't, we didn't want it to be a, like a special only for, so, you know, I want it, we wanted everyone to be able to listen to the, the extra episodes, but we wanted to make it known that they were because um, we achieved various milestones in the Patreon goals. So that's how you have it. If you get your, if you get, I think you're at $120 per episode that, right yeah. now in the Patreon. And if you, if you can get in the, up to 150, then what will you do? We are. We would do. <laughs> long may that day come. Yeah. Uh, we would do. There's a 1969. This is where the Doctor Who talk comes in. I'm sorry. There's a 1969 story from Doctor Who, which is ten episodes long. It's four and a half hours long, and we would do a commentary podcast of it in one sitting. Uh-huh. If we were to get 150 dollars. Thankfully or unthankfully, <laughs> the, the, the Patriot has sort of like slowed its rapid ascent. And so we, I don't think we're in any danger of hitting that anytime soon. But um, yeah. I that can't would, tell if that's a reward or a threat. I don't know. I don't know right <laughs> now. Ask me when we get close to it and I'll let you know how I feel. So 120 bucks an episode mm-hmm. uh, and you do it weekly, right? Yeah. So what is that? $480 allow you to do that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise? We went to the United Kingdom um, nice. in November. We basically, that pretty much covered our flight. Uh, Warren and I went to the UK. You know, I think we put, I think we got about $1,400 from Patreon just for that. Maybe more, actually. And that was just in one year, and that was starting at zero in August of 2014 and moving up to uh, 120 where we are now. So this next year, it might be I don't know what we'll do with it. You know, we all have Yeti microphones. We all have the setups that we kind of need. So we we do kind of feel like it's, it's, it's worth it to sort of give back to the podcast, give back to the listeners, you know, make, make it put that money into, you know, that's why the UK, yes, it was nice to visit the UK, but we Mm -hmm. also did stuff for the podcast there as well. So whatever we do, in the future, I think it would be nice to sort of, you know, fund, a, go to a convention that we wouldn't necessarily be able to afford to or or do something extra for the listeners or for the podcast itself. Right. Have you ever considered uh, sponsorship or advertising? We did. Um, a few years ago, around the time we launched the shop, I think, there was, we sort of debated about it a little bit. And then, I don't know, we, we just went back and forth. I was against it. I still am against it, I think, just because I, 
mainly perhaps because of that the other podcast that did the subscribers thing. I think I was a little hands off at the the negative reaction they were getting. I was kind of worried that it, it might happen to us. Mostly because I don't think I could be sincere enough to do an, an, an ad read, <laughs> you know. Because we're you got to serve the advertisers. We have to that. serve the yeah. advertisers. Would we do it? And you know, uh, a couple, a friend of mine uh, has a podcast network where he reads ads and stuff, and he seems to make it work. But every time I sort of like get up to an ad, I, think, I don't know if because you know we're kind of snarky, sarcastic on the podcast, but not in a overt tone like that so we would be using a similar tone to talk about something that's genuine and i just don't feel like it would come across as genuine right so plus it was actually fun i think we did actually try to get like unblock us uh which we used to watch doctor who on bbc one on saturdays mm-hmm. um and like roam mobility like things we actually use you know because we go to the states and and use that service there but uh but no we, do, we haven't really looked at it seriously for the past few years so what other doors has um, the podcast open for you, or all of your podcasts open for you? I met my wife. Um, that's a that's very the biggest good benefit. One. Yes, <laughs> she was a listener, uh, and then uh, and then we started chatting on Twitter. We met, uh, so that's that's probably the biggest perk <laughs> of a podcast. Um, good answer. Get that out of the way right now. Um, it's come to our attention that some people who actually make Doctor Who are listeners. Um, and people who run conventions and stuff are listeners. And, and so, uh, you know, I never assume that people know us. So whenever I type emails for interviews or something like that, it's, you know, hi there, I'm Stephen from Radio Free School. Right. Maybe you'd like to come on our podcast, that sort of thing. <laughs> and, we, you know, it's amazing how successful we are in actually getting people who, mm-hmm. and sometimes they say, oh, yes, ready for, yes, I'd love to be on. Okay. <laughs> um, so because of that, I think I've... Uh, um, I've done a lot of stage interviews at conventions, um, like at Chicago TARDIS. It's Doctor Who convention at Gallifrey One. Actually, I think because of um, the Gallifrey One connection, we started doing a, a live show on stage in 2012 to kick off the convention. And that has sort of like been it because, you know, it's like the marquee event. It was right. like, you know, 1,500 people in the room on that sort of spread the brand a little bit too I think and then other conventions see that and says oh can you do some stage interviews as well and I'll do do them at Chicago TARDIS and then people get to know the podcast there and then you know at Edmonton Expo I interviewed Jenna Coleman this past um, last year now I guess yeah the fall fall. and so that sort of thing so it's it's, I think the podcast opens doors with regards to that kind of thing too Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. do you think you could make it your day job and if you could would you want to I don't think I'd want to. Um, I know I couldn't. So cast all those <laughs> dreams out of your head. Uh, no, because, I mean, you know, we get like, I think we made 5600 bucks last year, um, split three ways. So it's a nice little side thing. But, I mean, you know. It might surprise you to know, but the world of Doctor Who podcasting isn't as massive as you would think. Uh, if we had like a more general, you know, podcast or something like that, that we would talk about all geek things, geek and sundry. I don't think I mean maybe it would be an issue, but no. And also, I don't think you know our Radio Free Scar was a show that we don't really edit. It's kind of like a you know off the cuff kind of thing. We've we've grown used to recording over the years that we know what not to say so we don't have to edit that much but I can't imagine like the actual post-production work 
that might be required to sort of like do things for professional reasons. So right, yeah, it's still fun right now. After ten years, <laughs> it's fun, and I kind of like to keep it that way. Yeah. yeah. So, what advice would you have for somebody who wants to make a little bit of revenue on their podcast? What do they have to do? If we had asked for a Patreon fund, like set up a Patreon fund at the very beginning of Rainer Free Scarrow, I, we wouldn't have got anything. And I, you know, it would have just sort of sat there dormant. And eventually, you know, after like three years, people will click on your Patreon link and go, oh, two bucks an episode after three years. That's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to, you know, they just want to walk right by, like, you know, because they might feel pity for you. So I, I think it's important to sort of establish your podcast first. Have it be something that has, you know, uh, a number of, of devoted listeners, be it 35 listeners even. Uh, yeah, that's enough. You know, because, <laughs> you yeah. know, they'll often sometimes they might want to feel compelled to maybe give you 50 cents or something in an yeah. episode, which, you know, adds up. And I, I, you know, and eventually that that loyal audience will, will, will kind of feel like, you know what, I've listened to these guys for nine years. I think maybe I can give them a buck. Um, <laughs> Sounds lucrative, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but I, I think that's the best way to get, you know, a, a, you know, even even uh, Erica's podcast, Verity. Uh, I think what two years into into it, yeah. And Verity had like, unlike us, Radio Free Scarrow, who uh, our only notoriety is from Radio Free Scarrow. There's like, you know, Verity is basically a, a supergroup of um, of of authors and and people who actually just started a podcast, so they already had like an audience, so to speak. Uh, so they were able to drum up more. But uh, if you're just looking to start out, make the, the product, the podcast itself, speak for itself first before you start asking for money for it. Right. Because you have to be have a certain level of quality and regularity yes. and everything in order to attract that fan, fan base as well. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And nerds love schedules. We, come out, we have our episodes <laughs> out same time, same day, every single week, rain or shine. And so people get locked into that too. And so... It, that's another great way of building an audience too. Yeah. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by the Seen and Heard Podcast Network, which builds audience for local podcasters and connects those audiences with local businesses. I'm Andrea Bessa. What is the Seen and Heard Podcast Network? So it's a network of locally made podcasts. And it's based on the idea that together we're stronger. So we can kind of band together and create an opportunity to cross-promote each other, but also get enough uh, listeners that it becomes an even more attractive proposition for local businesses that we might be able to create an opportunity to generate some revenue for local podcasters. And how can sponsors get involved if somebody's interested in being a part? So the best way to do that right now is to contact me. And my email address is karen at unlandmedia.com. And how can those of us who love the idea but don't have a podcast or a business get involved? Best way you can do that is to just spread the word. Um, if you have podcasting friends, then uh, pass on the information about the network to them. Get people to subscribe to the newsletter because that's probably the organ where I talk the most about what the progress is in the development of this network. And subscribe to the newsletter yourself. All that is at seenandheardyeg.com. And uh, just keep being awesome. That kind of support is really valuable and it's going to keep being valuable. Thanks for chatting with me on your podcast, Karen. Visit seenandheardyeg.com and click on the podcast network tab to learn more. 
you guys have any questions for Stephen? I do, actually. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but iTunes has an affiliate program mm -hmm. where basically if a listener from your website clicks on the link, you make a commission off sales. So Amazon has something like that, too. So how do you feel about affiliate programs? I feel that we had a link on our website for a number of years, and I don't remember getting a single cent from it. So, yeah, I don't, even, I don't know if people didn't click it or we just never saw the money for it. But, yeah, for a so while. In our case, we talk about movies, music, pop right. culture. So, of course, having links to what oh, yeah, we're talking yeah. about, boom, 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 as people are listening, hey, I like that album, click. And then 7% commission. Yeah, we used to have like Google ads too yeah. for a while on a couple of incarnations ago of our website. And we didn't, we felt that we didn't get much from that. Like, you know, we'd have like, you know, Doctor Who series, whatever, seven, like to Amazon.com. And, and iTunes and Amazon much. make the majority of the money anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like, here's a penny. Yeah. Take 97%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, did, I didn't find it made that much of a difference, but maybe our website just wasn't that popular. Yeah. Maybe yours would be. Yeah. We'll see. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, how did your launch of your Patreon account go? Was it a soft launch, or did you build some hype up to it and uh, direct it, people towards it? It was a soft launch. Like I said, we were kind of like, we don't want to scare off listeners, and, and, and so we kind of just sort of says, here it is. You know, we didn't, like, build up or do anything like that. We sort of launched it, saw what the, you know, I think we did it, like, we our episodes come out Sundays. I think we launched it on a Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that, just to sort of let it you know, exist for a few days before we talked about it in the podcast. Um, and I don't know if that cushioned the blow or spread excitement or I'm not too sure what, but it didn't, it didn't get us any negative comments. Um, so, but then again, we might've been overcompensating with our, our reluctance possibly. Just a quick question about your, uh, your time. Uh -huh. uh, if I heard you properly, you were saying you're getting a, uh, 150 bucks from Patreon per episode? 120 ish, about that, yeah, so right now. How does that relate to how long does it take you to put together a podcast and upload it, etc.? That depends. You talked to me on a unique weekend uh, because I did an interview on Thursday where the person was, it was a good interview, but it was a lot of space in between words that had to be lopped out, and it took me about eight hours to edit that 30 minute interview. Um, which I did at my day job. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but other, ep I mean, we also, there was the work, but then this morning we recorded the our little news chat segment in and around. It took us an hour. So, so if I Popped it on. Not, not to be crude, yeah, no, no, no. essentially this is financing your hobby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Um, you don't have any other aspirations like to be like Jesse Brown, for instance, uh, uh, someone who's breaking stories on uh, Gameshi, etc. <laughs> Not in the wider universe, no. I mean, at, at times we've we've broken stories, so to speak, in the Doctor Who world. So that little femto universe that uh, <laughs> that people care about that. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. You know, I I do, I do like doing like convention interviews. It's just fun. Sure. Um, and you get content. And I get content too. It's another thing, you know. Record four in, four on stage interviews at a convention. There's a month's worth of content right there, which is nice. So purely out of curiosity, when you compare video podcasts to audio podcasts, do you know if there's a difference in the donation rate? It almost seems like if people could put a face to the podcasters, they'd be more willing to donate. Depends on what the podcast looks like. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, we I mean, we don't do it. Um, a video podcast, uh, and I don't, I don't know what the Patreon rates are like for some podcasts. Uh, 
oftentimes, I mean, this is just me talking about video compared to audio. I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people tell us anyway, we release our episodes on Sunday, but they tell us that, oh, you are what I listen to on my Monday commute. It's almost like there's a loyalty, you know? Right. Thanks for getting me through that commute. I will give you a buck, as opposed to perhaps a YouTube video, which might not. You might see the effort that goes into making a YouTube link, and maybe that might sort of help. Right. Oh, wow, they did a lot of work on that. Here's a buck. Um, but I think the loyalty thing is probably a, a big factor in it. Okay, we had one more question in front. I was just going to say, I do think I remember you saying that you didn't want to make it a full-time thing because you didn't want to lose the fun factor. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is fun, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I've been doing Radio Free Scarrow for nine and a half years, and now there's four four other podcasts that we do. Um, but it's all still fun. Like, I still, every morning, I look forward to every week, I go, this is fun. Uh, I can't wait to talk about this stuff on Radio Free Scarrow again. So I, I would hate to feel like, oh, another day at the grind, you know, sort of having to make content for the, for the sake of money. And I, I think that if I was to make it my living i would feel like i'd have to appease more sponsors and more people and not make it the, the podcast that i would want to make you know i think that's a big thing that's kind of keeps it amateur for me excellent i do have one question about your patreon what was behind the choice of going for a per episode versus a per month uh contribution um i seem natural I think I think maybe also because sometimes there are five Sundays in a month uh, and therefore you get five episodes worth of, uh, of Patreon funds sometimes we do daily episodes at, uh, at that convention in Los Angeles that I mentioned so there's you know some more we always worry they get all people are going to see their their monthly bill and they're seeing oh we got three episodes in one week what um, so that's why I think we just you know it's just a, it's a constant steady income kind of thing so and we do the episodes regularly enough that we might as well do it on uh, on because um, also because it's less of a a mental blockade I don't know what the, that means but when you say you know a buck an episode if we were to, if we were to ask for like five bucks a month it just feels like a larger number whereas a buck an episode for one a week just feels a little more palatable perhaps that's what people think when they when they uh, hit the donate button. It's kind of like you would pay a dollar twenty nine for a song on iTunes, right? If yeah. you were going to do that, mm -hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like that price point. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Uh, Stephen is truly a master of the craft, and even if you don't watch Doctor Who, you'll learn a lot from hearing him. So uh, check out a few episodes there. Maybe throw a dollar in the Patreon. <laughs> Next meetup is probably going to be in March, but I'm in talks with Justin Jackson uh, to come in April. And so we might do another one in March, or we might wait till early April when he's in town to see Iron Maiden. Uh, Justin, he used to live in Edmonton. Now he lives in Vernon, BC. He has a podcast. Well, he's done a lot of podcasts in the in the past, but the one that he's in the middle right now is called Mega Maker, and it's encouraging people to make stuff and but then market it in such a way that people buy it. And uh, he has an entire business related to that. Some of it involving consulting, some of it involving um, eBooks, all kinds of things. And he's. A, a nice and smart guy, not a snake oil salesman. So 
see if we can come get him to come and share his his secrets and details will be in the newsletter and on the Edmonton podcasting meetup page and variant edition folks have put up a, a Facebook event page for this as well so we'll put that up as soon as we get it known hang around and talk to each other ask me anything buy some variant edition merch and thanks for coming Thank you.